Hello ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. I am your host Jason Scaff and you are listening to Into the Creepy and the Bizarre. I am so excited for this podcast tonight. It is from a personal experience of mine as a paranormal investigator. Perhaps the most creepiest the most scariest one I've had yet. And I've had many. As I tell you this story, I just want you to know that I will not be giving out any names, maybe fictitious names. And I cannot give you the location, well, the address to the uh, location. But I can safely tell you it was in Greenup County, Kentucky. That night was so bad. The clients even moved out just shortly after this investigation. Me and the team left out to this location about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, about July 5th, 6th, somewhere in there. After, it was right after I got off work. And, uh, and what we do, done, we, me and the other two lead investigators, there was three of us, we drove from South Shore, Kentucky up to Greenup. It's probably about 25, 30 minute drive. Wasn't, wasn't very far, wasn't long at all. And what we done, we go in, and the client will give us the rundown of the situation, tell us the claims, walk us throughout the house, show us the hot spots where her and the two that lived in her basement. I think one was her sister. Anyways, uh, we tucked down notes, and as well as voice recorded her on the EVP. Uh, so we have both digital and a hard copy of the claims. Um, after that, the next day, we sent a couple of our researchers to the courthouse to research the address and the people who lived there, any deaths or any crimes or, you know, just completely leaving no stone unturned. Just send them in, gather up all the info they possibly can on the situation to help us help the people who live there. Help us with our investigation. Now I tell you, we was extremely thorough. Now, to our surprise, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of info we found. We've we've got names and and you know, when the house built and everybody who lived there who built the house so on and so forth well anyways <clears throat> we was talking to the client and uh, she shared with us a piece of information that we did not receive from the courthouse from archives and the house the lady that she bought the house off of she she didn't like she didn't like labels 
but she dabbled in some dark crap. Now, I'm talking about necromancy, uh, conjurings, you know, the whole nine yards. Some dark, evil, de uh, devilish stuff. Well, as a paranormal investigator, we have to come into the investigation as skeptic as possible. Because if you go into an investigation within your head, well, this place is haunted, or this place has this, this, and this in it, or your mind will pull, uh, play tricks on you throughout the night, and mind you, we're in the complete dark. And that's the best place for your mind to start going off in left field playing tricks. So we just got this and we thought of it as just hearsay, it's bullcrap, yada yada. So, <clears throat> we know we gathered up all this information and uh, we compiled it. And we, well, we took it back to the house, and we, we compiled it, and, and, uh, we, we, uh, charged up all of our equipment, you know, just to get everything ready and up to par for the investigation on Saturday. Well, uh, you know, everybody in the team, they got their own snacks, uh, the, batteries that we use that wasn't rechargeable you know we we all pitch in we buy like a big bundle of it so we all every, every we all have our own batteries throughout the night so we won't you know kind of screw the pooch on not having batteries for for evidence granted we had the sick the uh dvr surveillance i had both night vision and everything to it we had camcorders, uh, cameras, we had mail meters, EMFs, EVPs, you know, the whole nine yards. 19 years of paranormal investigation, you know, you accumulate quite a bit of um, uh, equipment, as well as tripods and, you know, things that, you know, it's not too expensive but me just me and my, my alone had about three thousand dollars worth of equipment now to some of you that three thousand dollars might not be a lot but to a paranormal investigator who is a janitor throughout the day that's quite a bit of money of course it was over the years it just wasn't at once my wife would probably divorce me if I spent that in one day <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, you know, um, she did have a child living there with her. Uh, so before we do an investigation, we let the client know beforehand. Uh, if we're going to come in and do the investigation, absolutely no children, no pets at all in the house so she got a house a babysitter for the child and uh for the cat and her dog i believe she 
I had some family members, you know, house at them until, you know, the next day the investigation was over with. Uh, now the house itself, it was gorgeous. And, um, but entering into this house to talk to this lady. Now I will tell you, you do feel something, but you can't tell if it's off, right off bat, if it was anything demonic. But you can feel this sense of dread and nervousness and worry and you know the the whole thing but and let me tell you Hollywood's full of crap <clears throat> well any anyways I'm you know I'm leaving topic I do apologize for that uh, the night of our investigation it was still in July and like I said our investigations was always on a Saturday because at the time I was we all went to church together um, because Sunday was our church day and Mondays when I got off work the team will sit around the table for analysis here we are we all got our own voice recorder with our headphones plugged in just listening to the evidence <clears throat> and uh, we had a couple who was set and had and going over the a video now this these are the most boring parts if you're sitting there and just listen to static or water dripping or nothing at all it's the hardest part going over it because if you did an eight-hour investigation each recorder had eight hours of investigation time on each recorder which we had I think 12 of them now the cameras the four DVR cameras had eight hours apiece and the two camcorders had eight hours apiece on it and our, our snapshot cameras it it's nothing to get 800 to a thousand pictures on each one so it took us some time to actually you know go over every bit of it sometimes you gotta go over some of the evidence twice and if we think we got something we gotta let everybody else in the team look at it and see if it's matrixing which is your brain playing tricks on you uh, or if it's actual evidence or if we if one of us can debunk it scientifically prove that this wasn't paranormal <clears throat> well anyways we left uh, 6 in the afternoon and we drove up there and um, when we got to the location me and the other two investigators took the rest of the team inside introduced the rest of the team to the clients and um, then afterwards we sent the rest of the team out there to pack in 
all the uh, equipment, which was probably about 25 big hard cases full of our crap, you know. And it took about an hour, hour and a half to set up. We got to run all the wires and everything. Uh, you know, that, um... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I'm dealing with a little bit of a head cold here. Uh, you know, after we got it all set up, we split into two teams. Team A and Team B. Team B, I mean. Uh, one team will sit outside while the first team goes inside for about 30 minutes to an hour. And, uh, We'll pick, uh, let's say, one team would decide to do the upstairs and the and the downstairs, you know, the house itself. And then the next team will come in and do the basement. And then after we cover the grounds there, uh, the third shift will come in and they'll cover the entire house and the basement. While the other team will go outside and cover the property. This may sound like, well, it shouldn't take too long. But after, you know, about eight to six to eight hours, we'll span. We, we have it. We get it all covered. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh... <clears throat> Well, anyways, the first team, they came in, they went upstairs, they got footsteps, what sounds like it was walking up close to them, uh, they've, I'm trying to remember, this has been so many years ago, I'm trying to remember exactly, uh, the evidence here, uh, they, they've picked up voices from the other bedroom next door to them, what sounded like maybe a woman or or maybe a, even as a child and uh, you couldn't make it out what it was saying but uh, whatever it said it giggled and, and I'm telling you that that's kind of creepy itself kind of surprises you um, the first time they heard a loud bang downstairs so they Ran downstairs to see what it was. Because they thought one of us came in through the front door to use the bathroom. Uh, <clears throat> when they came downstairs. Three, three of the kitchen cabinets doors were slung wide open. Uh, so they thought well we'll just hang out down here. And see if we can't get whatever done that to close them. Which they did not. They didn't get didn't get none of that. Well, uh, after about half an hour to an hour, the team came outside and my team went in. So, we walked through the living room into the kitchen where the door to the basement was at. 
we opened the door up and there's a set of wooden narrow stairs really flimsy looking that led down into this dark basement that's where her sister and her boyfriend lived at and it, it wasn't done it was just a regular normal run the mill basement with a bed and a couch and a TV in it uh, so we gathered ourse- ourselves and went downstairs and that, like I said there was a, n- a really nice comfortable looking couch down there so I sat on one end one of the other investigators sat on the other end now our camera woman she was just walking around the basement panning around see what see if she can pick something up well I guess she didn't see me sitting there on the end of the couch and she came through and the camcorder that she had had this big gimbal hooked up to it which is a thing that uh, keeps the camcorder steady don't matter how if you're running or jostling around or whatever the camcorder stayed still and at the bottom of this gimbal had like two maybe three small black weights to help keep it balanced Lo and behold, to, to uh, my displeasure, she run that into the back of my head, taking the hat off my head, and I saw a big flash of light and the ears ringing. I think she about knocked me out. That was one of the worst experiences I had on investigation at this time. <clears throat> Nothing worse than getting your bell rung in the dark unexpectedly uh, well anyways uh, the other guy that was with us because there was four uh, members per team he was over there in the back part of the basement and it's all opened up in a ways but he was in the back of there. He said, Shh, shh, y'all hear that? And I said, Hear what? Again, he said, Shh. He said, Jason, come over here and listen. Well, I got up, staggered my way through the dark. Here I am with a knot on the back of my daggone head from this lady, fighting my way through the dark. I didn't want to turn my flashlight on. So I finally made it over to him. And he said, do you not hear that? I said, dude, what are you talking about? He said, I don't, I, I said, I don't hear nothing. And uh, he went silent. I thought, okay, he didn't hear me. And I waited a few minutes. I said, again, I said, what are you hearing? I, I don't hear that. He just made us... I don't know. It sounded like a death rattle. It was, it was a, it was a kind of spine-tingling sound. Unnatural. Inhuman sound. And at that point, I feel my blood starting to run a little cold. I was getting a little nervous. I thought, what the hell is going on here? So I whipped out my old trusty flashlight and I shined it on him. Lo and behold, 
this dude's eyes was rolled back in his head. And making he was making these weird sounds. His, his arms and hands is kind of twisted up real weird like. And I thought, well, this dude's going through some kind of a convulsion. Maybe he's having a uh, seizure or heart attack. I mean, the guy was about 26, 27 at the time. See, is, is he having a heart attack? Is he having a seizure? What's up with this guy? So I walked over. I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, dude, you okay? He collapsed straight to the ground. Thud. I mean, he hit hard. <clears throat> and uh, he was kind of jerking around a little bit. I, I got down there and I and uh, tried, tried to get him to come to, talking to him and everything. And he started growling. And I couldn't tell you what I was saying. I don't even know if it's a language. But it sounded like it was, I don't know, six, seven people talking at once. And a mumble. You really couldn't understand what the heck he was saying. So, the only thing I can think of, I put my head on his, my hand on his head. And I started praying and preaching real loud. And it's, it's like this wave came over me. And next thing I know, I broken. I was breaking out into a, a sermon. And granted, I was a minister at the time. I'm not. I'm. I given that up a long time ago. But uh, I broke into a sermon, started preaching. I couldn't tell you what. I was preaching on and uh, the more I preached the more I prayed everything the worse this dude got he acted like you hooked him up to 220 and electrocuting his sorry hind end well anyways the other guy that was in my group he came over to lay his hands on him to pray but as soon as his hands touched this dude, it's like someone switched him off with a light switch. He went straight back on flat of his back, swerping that concrete floor, bouncing his head off of that floor. You can hear this head go thump. And he laid there, didn't make another move. And the other people in our group ran over to him to check on him. And now here I am trying to pray over both of them. I thought, what's going on here? So I I got home. I walk in. I radioed in to the other team upstairs. Uh, one of the lead investigators through my group. He was the pastor of the church I was I was going to. So here they come downstairs, and we all was a praying and and everything. And, and then when I say in the name of Jesus Christ, my friends started laughing at me. And uh, by that time, the, the the other my other friend that passed out, he grabbed this big old Bible that was on a stand down there, and l- swung it like you would a baseball bat into my other friend's chest. And uh, I say, in the name of God the Father, again, he started laughing at me. And then when I got into, in the name of the Holy Spirit, 
he he went he went ape shit. Yeah, I mean he went plumb ballistic. Uh, he was not happy with that. So I got down, stuck my head against his head, and I said, "Satan, I spit in your face and everything that you believe in." And this dude snapped his head faster than I have ever seen anything snap their head and locked eyes with me. And by that time, I knew that was not my friend. His eyes looked like a wild predator. It looked like a wolf's eyes. It wasn't his eyes at all. It was, it looked soulless. Like, like he was looking plump through me. So, two of the other members of the group tried to hold him down. And this guy, he was ribby. He was skinny. There's no way he was able to move us around the way he was doing. And I had a hold of him. And he sunk his teeth into my wrist. And this dude bit me so hard that... The area where his mouth was at turned black with a bruise. It wasn't blue, it wasn't purple. I mean, it was midnight black. It looked like it was starting to rot. That's how black it was. Well, I let out a scream and curl your hair. And, uh... I had a ball of anointing oil, holy oil, in my vest pocket. So I pulled that bad boy out. I done a symbol of the cross between his eyes. And with a few choices of words that he said to me, which out of respect for y'all, I will not repeat. It just I will say it, it wasn't nice. It, it it was not nice at all. It was pretty vulgar, to be honest with you. So I thought all right, big boy, I'll, I'll show you. I began to pour this bottle of oil over top of this dude's head. And if you ever get oil in your hair, you know it's a pain in the hind end to get out. Well, this oil was running down over his face and to his eyes, his mouth. And, uh, and we prayed... We commanded it to leave our friend's body. Ooh, I'm getting chills just for even thinking about it. <clears throat> and um, he kind of laid back on on flat of his back on the ground. He was kind of kind of twisting, trying to twist. I don't know if he's trying to roll away from us or try to learn how to contort or what whatever this dude was doing. I kept on pouring, pouring the oil on him. We we all kept on praying. We we tucked. It's like we was bouncing off of each other. I preached a little bit. As soon as I take a breath, the other person, uh, the the other the pastor of that church of our church chimed in. He started preaching, and it was right on the same sermon that I was preaching. Um, what seemed like it took. Two, three hours 
and uh, my friend he fi- finally came came to and he was so distraught so confused he didn't remember anything didn't know what went on the only thing this dude seemed like he cared about is why is his eyes burning why does his hair have is all greasy and oily well anointing oil has all kinds of other herbs and st- stuff in it and, and I guess that herbs and stuff got into his eyeballs the dude looked like he stayed up all night on a bender or he was smoking something he probably shouldn't have been smoking that's how bad his eyes looked I mean it was it was terrible well anyways <clears throat> I I asked him I said who is your savior he looked me down in the eyes he said Jesus Christ I said who is who is your father he said he paused and he said God and I said who does the blessing he said the Holy Spirit and he told and I asked him I said do you worship God and the Holy Trinity and he said of course I love God and by that time I knew this thing was out of him so we helped him up to his feet and we helped him up the those narrow wooden stairs through the kitchen through the living room and out on the front porch now they had this big front porch it was concrete it was nice so we set him down there and we gave him water to drink and uh we kind of not in you know great detail explained to him what happened and by that time this dude he broke down started crying apologizing he was scared I mean this this dude was legitimately scared and uh, he 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 couldn't stop apologizing and I, I told him and I gave him this warning I said this happened to you and we cast it out in the name of God now this sucker is going to be pissed and he will come back you need to get started in church give your life over to God and stay prayed up and stay protected well I I I guess he did not take my advice because there's many 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 different ways a demon can attack can cause you trouble and it's not always about possession at first he I can't go into detail of this for you know legal reasons 
he got himself tied up in a really sticky situation which caused him to serve a very long time in prison in fact he is still there and uh I knew he would have to be under some influences because I know this guy and what he done what he got in trouble for is definitely not in his uh, nature this dude is a good dude he's nothing like what he got in trouble for but I will tell you <clears throat> if you ever been possessed and you had a successful exorcism or a deliverance done to you. If you don't stay protected at all time, read your Bible and go to church and everything, these things will come back. And most likely, they don't come back alone. They'll bring others with it. And... Uh, and if that does happen, it is so much harder and so much more dangerous to you and to the person who is exercising you. There have been many cases of the person who's getting exercised dies from demonic possession. There have been many cases of the person who's doing the exorcism dies. Maybe not right then off, offhand. But uh, these things can cause you to have many different health problems, may cause an accident, or maybe even cause so much problems in your family, which can split your you and your family apart, ruin you financially, just take away everything that you have joy in. And by doing this, you're lowering your guard because you're upset, you're down, you're beaten, and everything. And, uh, you're leave, leaving you wide open for this thing to come tap dancing into your body. And, uh, next thing you know it, you're this thing's bitch. <clears throat> Sorry for being so crude about it, but what's what's uh the truth is the truth, you know. I sometimes can and will be blunt about things, and uh, it's probably not by popular demand, and I know. A lot of the things that comes out of my mouth is probably not politically... Well, no. I don't know. It's Like I said, it's not by popular votes and popular demand. But I will be, you know, as blunt as I possibly can. I try not to sugarcoat. Uh... But I will tell y'all, to those of you who's thought about getting into the paranormal, or the occult, or demonic, whatever, 
Please think twice about it. I know what I'm talking about. 19 years of doing this stuff. You have no idea the toll that has taken on me, my body, and on my family and my finances. It may not at first, but little by little, you'll find yourself kind of getting, I don't know, for better words, uh, obsessed with all this. You might start out harmless. You're everything you find, reading about ghosts. Then you will you will find yourself digging into demons and devils and exorcisms and cults and stuff like that, as I did, as many many people has. And uh, it's a slippery slope. It's extremely dangerous. And I know I'll probably hear it from somebody that you know, Jason, you're full of crap. I've been doing this blah 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 so many years and I never had you may not have it right off but you will eventually even though the demonic haunts are really rare they do happen and when they happen it's it's nothing like you've ever seen or witnessed and I assure you it's something you will never forget and I assure you, it's something that will haunt you. Possibly for the rest of your life. This happened about 10, 15 years ago. And it still haunts me. Till this day. Uh, <clears throat> but those of you... Excuse me, I'm sorry. <coughs> But those of you who is not going to take my advice, will not listen, stubborn, bullheaded, or thinking, well, that won't happen to me. I'm so much smarter. I'm so much stronger. I'm so much more experienced, yada, yada, yada. I will tell you this. Knowledge is power. Faith in your religion and your God or goddess, whatever it is that you worship, is key. Your faith is key. Knowledge is power. Wisdom, well, if you have all three, you got gold. Use common sense. Never never investigate alone never go anywhere alone at least two by two three by three four by four and don't try to be the bravest or the strongest or the hero or whatever when in doubt get the hell out And always, always research. It don't matter if you're just going to do a cemetery or some property or whatever. 
research, research, research. And spend at least a week researching and preparing yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Make sure you have a first aid kit. There's been many times I had to use it. And if you haven't been properly trained in exorcism. Or even if you have. I strongly advise against it. Get you a priest or a preacher in or somebody. But I will tell you this from past experience. If you do perform one. And it was successful. Watch your back. Because from that day forth, you will have a target on your back. Your name will be known in hell. And life as you know it will be altered. It will be changed. And uh, these things, like I told you before, will attack you, your wife, your children, your husband. Your finances, your job, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, everything. Just to get to you, just to get even with you. And by doing this in front of you, screwing you out of your sleep, sounds and noises throughout the house, things happening in your house, it's all to break you down. Because ultimately, it's your sweet ass that they're after. <clears throat> and uh, once they get you into that sweet spot, to that perfect sp- uh, spot of being broke down, lack of sleep, scared, nervous, paranoid, all that stuff, that's when the thing will come moonwalking into you and it will own you. And uh, what you do after that, well, you're, you're, you're pretty much like a sock puppet to it. And you have no control of your life after that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take this time to thank you all for listening to this podcast. I had some notes written down. There's some things I've left out because you know it, it wasn't it wasn't important. Uh, but again, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions on the paranormal or the supernatural or whatever please feel free to leave me a message Um, if you want to leave me a message that you don't want no one else to see you can email it to me at jason that's j-a-y-s-o-n scaff s-c-a-f-f the number two at gmail.com 
It might take me a couple days to uh, get back with you, but I will and always answer my emails. Um, now, I will t- tell you that uh, I no longer do investigations, but I, I can uh, point you to the right directions. If, if need one. Now granted the groups I know. Does Kentucky. Ohio. And West Virginia. Um, but I, I'll be happy to. Try to. Give you as much help as I possibly can. Now. I know this paranormal investigation has been getting pop more popular with the teens and stuff, and it's mostly for thrill seeking or trying to scare each other or try to get scared themselves or it's just pure uh I, just out out uh uh wow I can't even think. Well, anyways, they're the curious, pure curiosity, and uh, they'll get a wild hair. It's like, well, let's do this tonight. Not, not having the uh, the information, the knowledge of what's in this location, how to deal with it, how to act. And the signs to look for. And people like that is the ones that gets hurt. And I will tell you, spirits will attach themselves to you. And you won't even know it. They'll come home with you and wreak havoc on you and your whole family. Well, ladies and gentlemen. I do have a YouTube channel, and I would love it if you guys have a chance to come go over and check it out. Hit the like and subscribe if you if you will feel like it. Um, I have videos for almost everybody on there, almost 300 exactly. Um, the name of my YouTube channel is called Night. Squatcher, or Night Squatch, I'm sorry. That's N-I-G-H-T-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. Then you hit the space bar, Prepper. That's P-R-E-P-P-E-R. Night Squatch Prepper. Um, Come check me out. And if you like my videos and stuff, please hit hit the like and subscribe. You just hit the bell if you feel so inclined to. I I, I would very much appreciate it. But if you, but if, if you don't like my videos, you know that's cool too. I just appreciate you coming over and even taking taking time out of your schedule to to check it out. I'm very much appreciative. Um, please stay tuned for my next episode. Uh, I know I'm my so far my podcast has been on 
me and my experiences. That's why I'm going to make this season about that. Then I'm going to, the second season, I'm going to move on to bigger and better topics and everything. Um, my second season will be more on like Bigfoot, UFOs, Dogman, uh, aliens, lizard people, you know, just stuff like that. And, uh, third season, I'm not really sure yet. But you stay tuned, stay tuned, uh, stay loyal to my channel, to my podcast, and hopefully you guys may learn something. And if, even if you don't learn something, as long as you're entertained, that alone means the world to me. Um... When you do go over to uh, YouTube and you're done checking out my channel, uh, I appreciate it if you check my buddy's channel out. His is Shane, S-H-A-N-E. You hit the space bar, 717. And you'll see a picture of him with half his face painted like the Terminator. The other, other half is his own face. This dude, he's he, he's really good. Um, he has some really cool videos. He's like me. He has a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, hit him up. I'm sure he'll appreciate that as well. Uh, <clears throat> and in closing tonight, I just want to say thank you all so much for giving uh, this podcast a chance giving me a chance uh, I really appreciate y'all uh, hopefully that you guys will tune in next week on a Friday uh, sometimes I might get done on a Friday and might not even post it till Saturday but I promise you, each week, I will have a podcast for you. Sometimes I might even have two in a week. Who knows? But, um... But, again, thank you all for tuning in to another episode into the Creepy and the Bizarre. Thank you all. Have a good night.